What is going on everybody? Welcome back. It is Dog Talk with your host Holden. Glad to have everybody here tonight as we get geared up for another episode here. Kind of a different kind of week normally, you know, for 12, 13 weeks now, really 14 if you count the bye week. Uh, we've had a show, had a show to prepare for a game uh, is generally what we're doing on this time. We're going to try to power through some of these background noises that we've got going on tonight, but Regardless, try to get a show out to you guys. Um, I was trying to debate if I'm going to do two a week like I normally do uh, until we get to uh, that December 31st matchup for the semifinal playoff game there in the Peach Bowl. And I think I've decided I'm just going to do one a week uh, until we get to that week of and we'll prepare that, that Thursday like we generally do for the review or the preview, excuse me, and then we'll still recap it that Sunday following it. Um, and then hopefully... We'll be doing the same thing that following Thursday and Monday, preparing for a national championship after that. But we've got to get through this one first, which is the Peach Bowl. We've got a lot to talk about. Really, I say a lot. There's a lot of topics to talk about. There's not a lot as far as too far in depth on some of these topics that we're going to go into. Again, we've got three weeks to kind of get to uh, this game coming up. Obviously, uh, one other thing, too, I did want to mention. When it comes to the week of Christmas, obviously, that 25th being on a Sunday, which is generally when I record, we're not going to have an episode that day. Um, more than likely, I'm going to keep these these Thursday episodes is how we're going to do these weekly up to it. Um, as far as visual on YouTube, there's not going to be any visual. I will probably still post the episode to YouTube, but it's just going to be audio, and you're just going to see the main opening screen there through the remainder of the show. So if you're watching on YouTube and you're thinking, hey, there's a glitch, where where is the video of this? There's no video. It's just audio uh, this week. So if you just want to listen to it and not have to actually go to YouTube and do that, make sure you guys do that wherever you guys listen on podcasts. But without further ado, let's jump into this episode. This episode, this episode, this episode is going to, again, it's going to be a broad area of just a bunch of different topics, all of which is going on right now. And this is kind of how it lays out. Stetson Bennett is where we're going to start with this thing. Uh, Stetson Bennett has been named a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. He's headed to New York. He is headed to New York. We talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago and even last week, you know, the possibility of maybe this happening and not really thinking that it was something that was actually going to happen. Um, still don't know that he will win the award, and we'll kind of talk about that here in a minute. But nonetheless, he's headed to New York. He is one of the four finalists headed to New York. He, C.J. Stroud, who he will be playing against, uh, Wow, and I've completely blanked on a couple of others. Caleb Williams, who was there for USC, and there's also one other guy who is in the playoffs that is in it as well. And I cannot think of who that is right now. They're all quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, Max Duggan. Um, and, and very reasonable reason for him to be there. That dude's tough as nails. Uh, everybody deserving to be there. A lot of conversation has wrapped around some of the guys who got snubbed and aren't there, such as a Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, such as uh, – uh, Blake Corum running back for Michigan. Some of the other running back positions as well. I think UAB has a really, really good running back who's got a lot of stats and things of that nature. So there's a few other guys that you could call it a snub or that didn't get in in this conversation, and that does kind of stink for those guys. But the guys that are on this list, they are, they are all very deserving of it. Um, and we're not going to have any kind of criticism of Stetson coming into this thing because if there is a dude who deserves the at least at least the opportunity to be recognized and be able to take this trip, it is Stetson, a guy who shows up as a walk-on, doesn't doesn't get a scholarship to come and play for you, walks on 
for you, leaves to try to get some kind of a playing career started where he goes down to a JUCO college before coming back and doing everything that he's done for you over the past three years. And, yes, I say three years because three years ago is really when his journey started to actually take steps forward where he was playing for us in that 2020 season, where he became a starter in 2021, where even in 2022, obviously, we've seen what he's done week in and week out this year. Um, and, no, he does not have the stats that are going to look identical to these other guys that he is in competition with that are going to be in New York. But it's not all about that. Again, what I just told you, and, and I, I can't stand these conversations that people are having. Of, yeah, Stetson's 25. He should, be, he should be able to do this against, you know, 18-, 19-year-olds. Listen, Uncle Rico thinks that he can do it week in and week out, and he can't. Okay, so the older you get doesn't necessarily mean that you're supposed to be all that more dominant than somebody else as much as it's you just have the experience. You have the wherewithal, the knowledge to be able to read a playbook, to be able to read a play that's happening in front of you. And guess what? He's still not perfect. I don't think there's anybody out there that's perfect. Tom Brady still throws interceptions. So it doesn't matter how far along you are. Doesn't how many? doesn't matter how many years you've been doing it. Your craft is always being worked on, and, and you're, you're just not going to be perfect. That's all there is to it. Um, but Stetson is, is completely deserving of this honor to be able to go, even if he doesn't win the award. I do believe that it will shock a lot of people, not only in Dog Nation, but around the country, if he does, in fact, win the award. And I would love it. Trust me, I would love it for the guy. I think, that's, I think it's awesome, again, just to be able to go, but much less actually win the thing uh, is a, a much bigger. But Twitter may melt down if that happens. I'm going to be honest with you, but just from all of these other fan bases, I mean, first of all, it was the college football playoff Final Four that people are chirping, saying, oh, you didn't get the Final Four right. You didn't get the four best teams in the country. Y'all didn't get that right. And then it's the four guys going to the Heisman. Oh, you didn't get that right either. And it's like, guys, chill out. It's a game. Let it be. Just just let it happen. There's nothing we can do about it, so all you can do is sit back and enjoy it. You win some weeks, you lose some weeks. In this case, you win, you go on, you lose, you don't. And for Stetson, it's a, it's a great opportunity for him to be able to go out there. His name, just more recognition for him, which he should get. I mean, he's a guy who, again, we talked about the walk-on stuff. Everybody knows that story. But last year, he won a national championship for Georgia for the first time in over 40 years, since 1980, for the first time. And he was the quarterback of that team. And this year has been the same thing. And and the craziest thing to me is people look and they say, okay, let's look at Bryce Young last year. And Bryce Young was very, very good. He had talent all around him on that offense to be able to do what he was able to do last year to win a Heisman. And there's conversation that's come out of, oh, it's more of a team uh, award than it is actually just an individual award. And and some of that may be true because a lot of this does boil down to the team that is generally at the end that's still standing there uh, for who gets this award. And most of the time it has become a quarterback's award. You know, you go back a couple of years ago and Devontae uh, Smith did win it for Alabama as a wide receiver. But for the most part, it has become a, a fairly quarterback-heavy award and and somewhat understandably again that that is the driver of your offense and generally that is the difference in a game is offense now defense has been a very big thing for Georgia over the past couple of years you know we talked about JD to NYC last year with Jordan Davis um and he didn't really have a lot of stats to back it up but he was such a good good defensive player but he had that name and that that just all the hype around him 
to where it was enough to kind of boost him to where there was conversation of him headed to New York. Now, that didn't happen. George, over the past couple of years, has not been a one-man-on-defense team where it's like, oh, yeah, this is the guy. This, this is the playmaker on defense like a Will Anderson from, from uh, Alabama, like a uh, uh, Aiden Hutchinson from last year there at Michigan. There wasn't a one guy on the defense who you looked at and you went, that's the dude. That's the stud right there who made all the difference. Because, again, Jordan Davis was the big guy that a lot of people knew in names, but there were so many studs on that defense last year. There's a reason for Georgia's team in all last year. Fifteen guys got drafted. Fifteen guys went to the NFL and got drafted. Most of those are on defense. And then you have this year turning right back around, and Jalen Carter is the big name on defense. But guess what? There's dudes all around him. Nolan Smith was another one before he went down and injured. And, and since that's happened, his name is still big, but it's not as talked about as as a Jalen Carter now. But there's still so many other dudes around him. Keely Ringo, you look back there. Malachi Starks as a junior or as a freshman coming in, lighting the world on fire. So it's not just a one man deal on defense. But then we go back to the Stetson conversation at Heisman. Look at the guys that are around Stetson. Yes, you have Brock Bowers who is a stud. You have Darnell Washington there as well as tight ends. But then when you look outside of that and the guys that he's throwing to in the wideout positions it's not one dude that he's throwing it to. It's not a C.D. Lamb coming from, where did he come from, Oklahoma or, or Clemson, wherever he was at. I can't even remember now. I think Oklahoma. But it, it's not one of these one guys, a, a Devontae Smith who's on the outside catching this. No, he delivers it to all, all of the offense. A.D. Mitchell, when he's healthy and is out there. Arian Smith is getting touches. Lab McConkey gets the touches. Big O gets a few, not as many as Brock because Brock is what Brock is. But Kiaris Jackson, I mean, all these guys, Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, uh, Dylan Bell, Arik Gilbert when he's in and healthy. So all of these guys, the ball is being spread out offensively to all of them. Kenny Mack even out of the backfield. Um, so it's not just one guy that he's throwing it to. He delivers it to everybody. That's another reason Georgia doesn't have an 1,000-yard wide receiver on the team and hasn't in a long time. Last year, Brock Bowers came very close to that, but he still didn't, he still didn't go over that number. And – that's the thing when I look at this, and it's like, yeah, this, this is, and when it comes to individual stats, everybody looks and goes, okay, you know, these guys have so much better numbers. First of all, look at who they played. Look at who, look at who some of these guys played who are in the running against him. Look at it. Look at who they played. Now, look at the comparison at who they played when it was a big game. C.J. Stroud doesn't have the numbers to match up with Stetson Bennett in big game scenarios. Max Duggan doesn't have the numbers to match up. He's still fairly close. Caleb Williams, he still doesn't, even after, especially after that USC loss, unfortunately, in the Pac-12 championship game. But Stetson Bennett, when it matters most, he steps up and he gets the job done. So when it comes to an individual award, he doesn't have the five stars standing around him to throw the ball to left and right. There's a couple, or there's one on the team offensively that he throws it to and has the opportunity to, and he's done it twice throughout the year. I saw this stat. That's Darnell Washington. He's thrown it to him twice. Twice this season. Or, excuse me, he's thrown it to him more than that, but two touchdown passes to Darnell Washington this season. That's the only five-star he's thrown thrown to on offense. So you can't look and say, oh, well, he's got plenty of guys to throw it to. He does have plenty of guys, but it's not like they're all studs and they're all who you're out there talking about either because it's not. And he has made a lot happen with his feet. He's become more and more shifty this year. So deserving of being – in this conversation, I believe 100%. Again, will he win it? I don't know. I will be happy for him and glad if he does. 
Um, again, I think the world will be shocked if he does win it, but I'm very, very proud and honored and glad to be a part of a team who understands, hey, it's not about I. It's about the team, and Stetson even said that after the SEC championship game. If it wasn't for these guys around me, you know, we wouldn't be what we are, you know. And is he a pretty good ball player too? Yeah, he said that too, but it's about the guys who are around him as well. And I love that he, he made sure to stay humbled and stay grounded and let those guys know, hey, y'all mean a lot to me too because without y'all, again, I'm not who I am and we're we're not where we are. So – Glad to see that again. I'm, I'm excited for the opportunity for him to at least go, and I hope he really enjoys that. Looking forward to seeing that coming out there Saturday evening when that uh, when that time does come. Now, we have a bunch of other honors that are also going around as well, the All-SEC honors, and there's even other big honors that are going around around the country as well as far as awards and some of those things. And we'll touch on a few of those uh, as well coming into it here on the All-SEC honors First and foremost, the big one, SEC Coach of the Year, does go to Kirby Smart. Uh, we were looking and wondering, is this going to be a Josh Heupel, where under year two of Tennessee he had the big run that he did, finishing 10-2 and two on the season? Or will that falter? Will that change a little bit more? Will it end up coming the Kirby way, considering what he did after everything that he lost last year and the step down that everybody thought that Kirby was going to take last year not having happened, you know? I wondered if that was going to be one, or does a does a Shane Beamer with the way that he's had Cali uh, California, the, the way that he's had South Carolina going this year, is he deserving of that first year kind of? Or not, well, I guess it's not his first year. What is it, second or third year of Beamer ball? I think this is his second year. Heck, it may be his third. It's it's kind of hard to keep up with now uh, as time just kind of continues to fly. But nonetheless, SEC Coach of the Year does go out to Kirby, and this is kind of a funny thing. When it comes to the all-SEC first team and second team, there is something funny about this to me when it comes to the offensive side of the ball on these SEC lists. And that's because Stetson Bennett is one of four guys in the entire nation that is going to New York City as a finalist for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. Yet, he is on the all-SEC, not first, but second team for offense. <laughs> Wow, that just blows my mind. It really does. And again, I'm not taking anything away from Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker has had a great year. And when he got hurt, you know, it was unfortunate for him because he is a good ball player. You know, I don't care anything at all for that orange and, and Tennessee there. Uh, but you cannot doubt and you can't deny that he, he's a really good football player. And Georgia had his number and locked him down when we played him. And that's all there is to it. But other than that, again, you have to admit, hey, he's a pretty good ball player. If it's not for him on that team, Tennessee's not what they are this year. They aren't, and that's all there is to that. So, But all SEC first teams, you do have Jalen Carter, Brock Bowers, Jack Podlesny, Christopher Smith, and Warren McClendon. And then on second team, like we talked about, Stetson Bennett, uh, Darnell Washington, Cedric Von Prine, Granger, Ladd, McConkie, Nazir Stackhouse, Keely Ringo, and William Moats. So those are the guys on all SEC first and second team. And this is also the first time ever that two tight ends from the same team have been a part of first and second all-SEC teams, that and Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. So that's kind of a cool thing there. Then on the offensive, or excuse me, the all-freshman uh, SEC team, here you do have Michael Williams, uh, Jalen Walker, Malachi Starks, and Brett Thorson uh, there as a punter. And then the special teams offensive, special teams player of the year, 
goes to Jackpot Lesney as well. So a lot of big SEC honors rolling around there for not only offensive dudes, defensive dudes, but even the special teams with the best punter in the country, or as a freshman at least, uh, the best kicker in the country, in the SEC at least, I should say. I keep saying the country, but that. Then we get to some of the bigger NCAA honors and awards that are starting to come out. Brock Bowers did win the John Mackey Award. I was reading that earlier, so congratulations out to him, and that is the best tight end in the country. I don't remember if he won this last year, but if he didn't, he should have last year. But nice to see that he continues to get that honor because, again, we believe it, and we believed it last year when he came onto the scene. The best tight end in the country for sure. And then offensive line right now is – a finalist for the Joe Moore Award. And there's a few other ones that some guys are on the on lists for as far as being finalists and, and things of that nature. But when all that comes out, we'll be sure to talk about that as the time comes then. Now, to some of the other big conversation. Early signing day is on the way, December 21st, so we've got a little bit of time before that. We've got a couple of guys who have been committing to Georgia here over the past couple of days. But the big news was the transfer portal that did open up. I think it was Sunday. It may have even been Monday. Uh, but the transfer portal opened up, and my goodness, a portal it was because I believe the number I saw was more than a 1,000 guys. A 1,000 guys entered that transfer portal within the first day or two. Over a 1,000 guys. The, guys, there's not enough room for these kids to go anywhere. When you're bringing guys from high school to come into your program and play, there's only so much room that you have left and allotted to be able to take in a transfer without these roster movements or without a roster expansion, and I don't see that happening. So it, really it's unreal, and I have a number here. I have numbers at least. Luckily for Georgia, so far the only guy who's planning on transferring and has made that known is Bill Norton, which I believe he's either a junior or a senior a defensive lineman, Bill Norton. He has decided to uh, transfer out of Georgia. He has played all 13 games, all 13 of which were in uh, special teams duty. But he is the only one I've seen from Georgia so far. Now, I know this same situation kind of came up last year, and Kirby even talked about this last year when it came to the transfer portal, is when all of this stuff started, Kirby's trying to plan for a for a semifinal football game in the college football playoff and then planning for a national championship in the college football playoff. So he wasn't looking anything at the transfer portal, and luckily nobody really from the team last year declared that they were entering that portal either. It was all business. At that point, it was, hey, it's business. We're trying to win a national championship. You know, if you want to leave, that's fine. You need to stick with us until the end. And, again, most everybody, I can't really remember if anybody, when that time opened up, decided to leave before we got to that national championship game. But then, obviously, after the national championship, multiple guys left. I think there were 10 or 15 guys even on the on the transfer portal that left uh, and went elsewhere. And most of those guys went to uh, Power 5 teams and, and are starters on team uh, other teams. Uh, so it's not like these are guys who were just, you know, not not to not to speak down on Bill Norton, but a guy who's only playing special teams every week. And, again, I'm not saying that in a way that means that he didn't matter because, obviously, he made a difference. Anybody who's on the field week in and week out has to make a difference in a game one way or another. So, But you didn't see that. And I'm sure that once the time comes and we get through this college football semifinal game and hopefully to a national championship game, I'm sure a few more names will rise for Georgia, but right now Georgia does sit at the very bottom of the SEC as far as uh, transfers at one, and it's just that one transfer at the moment. Now, 
looking at other teams, and I'm going to go through the numbers of all of these teams right now. Florida and Texas A&M lead the charge at 15 guys on both teams. Now, that's not 15 for both. That's 15 each. That's 15 guys from Florida, 15 from A&M, 13 from Arkansas, 12 from Alabama, 9 from Ole Miss, 9 from Missouri, 8 from Kentucky, 6 from Auburn and Vandy, 5 from Mississippi State and Tennessee. South Carolina has 3, LSU has 2, and Georgia has 1. So, there are a ton of guys in the SEC right now who are leaving ship, and they are headed somewhere else. Headed somewhere else. There's some big names out there. There's some big names in other spots, too, that I was reading about, like DJ Uyunglele. He's leaving Clemson. He's headed somewhere else. Uh, I mean, my goodness, JT Daniels has decided to transfer again for the 16th time in the past four years. He's headed to try to find another home after leaving USC, coming to Georgia, after leaving Georgia, headed to West Virginia. Now he's leaving West Virginia. Who knows where he's headed next? Uh, but it's open. It's an ability for you to go and to try to, again, at this point, it is either finding an NIL deal where you can make some money while you're here, or it's, hey, the ultimate goal to me should be, first of all, it's it's your education and, and building a foundation as well as just becoming a better person. But then it's, okay, if you're really good enough to be able to play at that next level, which is a low percentage of these guys who make it, find a place that betters yourself. I understand it. I talked about this last year, even with Jermaine Burton, Burton leaving uh, Georgia to head to Alabama. Now, I, I don't think that that necessarily worked out any better for him. I think that, again, he had a very good opportunity this year to be even better and be one of those veteran wide receivers for Georgia. And he chose to take that somewhere else where those talents generally seem to show off more. And it didn't really work out for him. Again, I don't think that his uh, – culture necessarily matched and i'm not saying his culture let me let me kind of reword that there but his he didn't really fit with georgia's culture let me put it to you that way and a lot of that i think was just quarterbacks i think he and jt daniels had a really good connection and when jt was leaving he decided he's out too he didn't want to play with stetson uh, and i i don't know that 100 percent, but i just have that pretty strong suspicion that that's got a lot to do with the reason he decided to leave as well uh, so there's a lot of guys from the SEC and around the country who are up and leaving, and we'll see what happens with Georgia once we get through some of these playoff uh, opportunities here in the semifinal Peach Bowl. See what's going to happen with that. Uh, I did see where uh, one of the wide receivers for Ohio State, he has decided to go ahead and forego the rest of his season, the college football playoffs, to go ahead and enter into the NFL draft. And when I first saw it, I was like, okay, I've seen that name before. And then I looked into him, and, and he's been injured all year. So for people who were going, oh, look, look, we, we they got a wide receiver who didn't want to play us. No, the dude's been hurt all year. He hasn't been a factor for them at all this year. So it, they're not going to miss him. I mean, I, I'm not saying that he is a person they won't miss, but he is a player this season, and the, the things that he's been able to attribute to their team this year, they're not going to miss that because there hasn't been anything. I think the guy's got like four or five catches for 40-something yards. Uh, so he hasn't done anything this season, unfortunately. So that's understandable. I have had heard the rumblings of their offensive coordinator who's looking to leave. Uh, I don't know what that means as far as the semifinal games go. I would imagine that he's going to stick around and be there for that, but I don't know 100% on that. So, But that's that's pretty much all I've got for you this episode. Again, there's there's a lot of different topics Um and there's so only so far that we can really dive into it. Again, we've got three weeks that we've got this stuff to carry. There's going to be a lot more that will come out between now and then because since we played LSU and won the SEC championship game this past Saturday, 50-30, to 30, by the way, 
A lot has happened. Again, Stetson got named a finalist for the Heisman. He's headed to New York on Saturday. Uh, Transfer portal opened, and a million guys decided to enter it. Uh, All of these SEC honors are coming out, and they continue to come out as well as some of these other awards and uh, things of that nature nature and accolades that are coming out as well. So it's a lot to talk about, a lot of different areas to talk about it, uh, and we've got time to do it over the coming weeks. Uh, More than likely what I'll do for next week is I'm going to kind of go through some of my preseason picks and all of that good stuff, look over all that, see what – uh, kind of how we did on some of that if you guys are interested in that as well as continuing to look at Ohio State, seeing what changes with that, seeing what changes with our team as we get closer to early signing day, That again, coming up December 21st. So a lot of stuff to look forward to, and a lot can happen in a week. That's the good thing about putting a break, essentially, instead of doing two a week, just doing one a week, uh, is if I put that break in there. We have a good opportunity for more to come into the show the next time. So that way I don't do just a 10-minute video or 10-minute episode here and then a 10-minute at the end of the week. You know, I'd rather have a good little 30-minute chunk, kind of like what we've got going here. So that's going to be the plan. That's going to be the game plan. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens over the coming weeks. I do think there is the opportunity, you know, again, to have some of these guys. You know, we didn't pick up anybody in the transfer portal last year, but there is always the opportunity this upcoming year that that Kirby decides, okay, there's a couple of these guys that I think could really fit in with us and and could really – help this team out moving forward in the future uh depending on what all we've got there again we've got a lot more business to handle before he really has to worry about that and i don't think that's on the forefront of his mind i'm sure the uh, georgia high school playoff games that are happening right now i'm sure a lot of that's on his mind because again that's recruiting for the future that he gets to go and watch and i'm sure he's doing a lot of that this evening as well as friday evening and into the weekend i feel like there may be i think the big games maybe are on saturday Not 100% about that, but we'll kind of keep that in mind as well as we kind of gear up. We'll get ready to go ahead and jump out of here. But, again, I appreciate you guys listening. I will check back in with you guys next week once we get some more news and all that good stuff to drop. Uh, But just make sure you're subscribed wherever you guys listen to podcasts. I greatly appreciate that. And on YouTube, again, I'm going to put the episode up there. There just won't really be any visual to it. There on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to that as well. Leave a five-star review, you know, a written review there, and give us those five stars wherever you guys listen on podcasts. I greatly appreciate that. But I'll check in with you guys next week, and we'll just go from there. Go dogs. Go dogs.